There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts with Nikki Lilly. Okay, enough of me. Let's get back into the episode. Again, I, I don't want to sound bad because it's not, but you're... 18 years old and speaking like that, it's insane to me. I feel about 80. I feel like I've lived about... Do you think you've matured a lot quicker? Do you think you've matured a lot quicker because of it? 100%. I think from the age of... I feel like more mature than me. (laughs) I feel more mature than a lot of people. And do you know what? When I was younger, I... Because, like I said, I really struggled to get along with people my age, also on like just a maturity level, not yeah. just with relatability of what they were worrying about, but maturity. Mm. So when I was younger, most of the people I'd speak to were adults, whether it was doctors and nurses in hospital or just general adults. I felt it was easier to speak to them because there was a more mental like alignment there. Resilient Yeah, as well. completely. And I feel like from the age of six, when I got diagnosed, I I became 60 real quick in terms of mentally everything I was going through and because you have to you can't go through things like that and not mature it's like impossible to not go through a a life-changing hardship in whatever way it will be and be the same person after that there's this there's this idea right and I don't know and I want to hear your opinion on it that we the the reason why maybe potentially mental health is on the rise and different things Mm -hmm. like that is that we live too much in comfort yeah that we're, we're not resilient enough do you think there's a truth in that potentially or what do you think I definitely think there's some truth in that. I think that... Because you're resilient. Yeah. That, that's what you're... So, so maybe that's what... I think that I've kind of been forced to be resilient. Sure. I think I, I do a lot of reflection, wondering what my life would be like had I never had this condition and things like that and not gone through such a life-changing hardship. And I probably would have stayed in my comfort zone as well because comfort zone is where we feel comfortable, it's where we feel safe. So it's only in times where we really feel forced to most as most humans that we're gonna stay in that comfort zone so Mm. for me when I got diagnosed with my condition everything was out of my control I couldn't control being in my comfort zone and my safe place so therefore I had to build resilience otherwise I mean what do I have I have nothing I didn't have it's not like someone gave me two options and said you can have this road or this road no I had this one crap road and I had to take it so no options yeah exactly 
It's amazing though, but what you've built now is just like you got over two million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. You've got something like a billion followers on TikTok. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, billion. My God. You've got eight over eight million though, right? Yeah, on yeah. TikTok. Um you uh, you you you've been vlogging for ages. Yeah. You've won a BAFTA. You've won an Emmy. You've been on Junior Bake Off and won that in 2016. You've written a book. Uh, you uh, you know you've done all these things. That is crazy. But anyone's like, if you put that on a shelf, people are like, this is this is wild. When you first start uh, mm -hmm. doing YouTube. And you do these amazing sort of uh, makeup tutorials and different things like that. And I've seen your stuff on social media. It's amazing. Um, was that scary to begin with? Because yeah. that is that is being that is opening yourself up to uh, this world mm -hmm. of love and hate. hate. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? So yeah, I started making. I posted my first video on YouTube when I was eight years old. <laughs> yeah. Do your parents say you're doing it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have posted it unless I'd like got there like, okay. Were they like, yeah, just go for it? Well, they were very nervous for me. I think my dad was a lot more all for it. My mum was a lot more, I don't know about this. Not even in the sense of like, not me wanting to be on into the internet, but more just... Protection. Yeah, protection. Of course. That's it. Um, and so I think the negotiation we came to was that I would post this video. It was literally just this video I had filmed on our family iPad while my brother and sister were at school and I got time on the iPad. No cuts, no nothing. I didn't know what editing was. I didn't even know what subscribers were. I had no <laughs> idea you could make this into a career. No idea. <clears throat> and so the, yeah, what we came to was like I could post the video, but comments would be off. So that was obviously then reducing the impact of, you know, the outside world having their opinions and things like that and mm. knowing their opinions. So for about a year, that's what I did. I'd post on and off, not regularly, but whenever I felt like it and wanted to because it became my outlet, my safe haven. I'd always loved, a bit like you, loved role play. You could buy me kind of any toy and I'd always go to role play and mm. creating my own world and imagination and pretending I was on TV. It's the and I, It's the best. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of being a child is that your imagination is so big. And I definitely had that when I was younger and I'd pretend I was on TV as well, but I'd do the American accent and be like, hey guys, so today, and that was like, that was my favorite thing. Why is ever. it always going to America? I don't know, it's it like bigger. Hollywood. You know, it's like, this is the pinnacle. Cool. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. It was awful. And I think I've even got some YouTube videos where I'm doing the American accent and going in and out of it. No joke. I'm like, You've hey got, guys, this is going to so work. Today, I'm doing this video. It's just in and out of British to just like generalized American. Trying to find your voice. Oh it's my so God. Good. No, it's awful. I, I had no filter when I was younger, but that's just what being the kids like. But yeah, it became like my safe haven and like yeah. the place where I could express myself because I wasn't going to school. Um, I wasn't able to do any uh, things that I enjoyed. You know, when I was six years old, I was such a chatty, outgoing child. My mum used to actually have to pull me away from speaking to strangers and telling them our whole family, like, lives. Because I'd be like, my mum said this, and this is where we live, and this is what I ate for breakfast. I was just such an oversharer. Yeah, so it was yeah. kind of just, my mum would be pulling me, prying me away from people, being like, okay, stop stop talking now, tell them <laughs> everything about our family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a natural thing. And so... I'd watch videos online when I was in a hospital on YouTube and that was my escapism because I'd almost feel like they were my friends and I was in their lives and that was like my half an hour of like, I'm not in reality, this is yeah. my life kind of thing. So by me creating videos, it was kind of just 
prolonging that basically but um me finding my newfound hobbies like makeup and things like that and baking and talking about them because yeah I was a very chatty child I was on the boys football team I did ballet I did dancing gymnastics everything you could do girl scouts like wow. I, the whole shebang yeah and I had to give that all up instantly so again that's like childhood gone sense of like socializing with other people gone and you don't feel sense you don't feel part of a tribe as well totally. which is so key totally especially when you're growing up to find your identity you really need that so everything my whole sense of self was gone so what filming videos allowed me to do is slowly find that and I think that's actually how I started to build my self back up is by filming videos and so yeah had comments off for a year and then when I was about just turned 10 I'd say my parents said that I could turn comments on because young yeah I don't know if I would do that at all not not even you know not even with your condition I just I would be so scared yeah but maybe it's a good thing that you say well this is the world here you go just so you know no definitely and when I got my I don't think I was really aware that people weren't kind because obviously you're so in your bubble so for you you're like how could you say that to someone because we're just not like that as people Mm. but when people are unhappy, that's what they do, is they hate on other people. It's just how it goes in life, unfortunately. So when I did get my first hate comment, I really questioned everything I was doing. It really, like, took me back. And it was obviously 99.99% of my hate comments in general are about my appearance because that's just the easiest thing to pick on. Mm. So, yeah, it was about that. And it really, really knocked me because it was my first one and I just didn't understand. And my parents said to me, there is no pressure doing this. You know, they've always been so supportive. They said, there's no pressure doing this. You wanted to do this and we'll support you, but this comes with the territory in a way. You're putting yourself to a world that's outside of this bubble and unfortunately people aren't nice sometimes and that's that's the world. Mm. So I think they were always very transparent with me about it and they said, it's up to you, you know, and it was getting me down. I think I even cried about some comments. Of course you would. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you... you you, you definitely do. And it's so funny. You can have a million good comments or whatever it is, but you focus on the negative. I'm sure that's just human nature, really, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But then how do you... you Because you have to bulldoze past that. Definitely. That's hard to do. Yeah, I think over time when I realise, you know, my love for this is going to override that. You know, I'm not going to let them stop me from doing something I love. That was the first thing. So that's what kind of kept me going. But I think I realised that hate comments in general it's so hard to say it like you know it's easy, much easier said than it is done when mm. you see you're inundated with hate comments because we're humans but I learned that hate comments are a lot more about those people who comment them than they are about you no genuinely okay with themselves person or okay with their life person is going to comment hey mm. we don't even think about doing it because what's the need like why we don't because we are genuinely okay with our lives and just don't feel the need to make other people feel worse about themselves and put them down to almost get the sense of feeling better about themselves. Yeah, it's a weird psychological It really is. But that's what I've learned is I feel like people comment hate because it's like, okay, well, they're going to hopefully see this and they're going to feel worse about themselves and then I can feel better about my life because they're living in this kind of world of jealousy and just just unhappiness. So it doesn't make it any easier, but... It's cowardly, ultimately. You know, you're, you would 99% of people never say this stuff to my face. Yeah. I get stares in public sometimes, but no one says anything because you wouldn't. Yeah. No one would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I saw Chris Martin, weirdly, of Coldplay. Say really? This. Yeah, he said this thing, right? He said this thing. <laughs> he said, I think most people, um, mo- most people who are, who are 
uh, not most people, a lot of people who are outwardly kind. Totally. Uh, are, are typically people who actually have been through a little bit of trauma or a little mm-hmm. bit of things themselves because they know how it feels. Yeah. And so actually, some people who are just mean and stuff like that, they haven't really, they're just, they haven't been there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Yeah. It, it's, it's well. So you then grow your social media following. You start growing your, you do start vlogging, starting things. When does it start to go to the sort of heights? Can I say, I did, I did, a, I started a YouTube channel. I did a YouTube video every day for uh, four years. When was no, every, every month, every, sorry, every week for four years called Jamie's Happier. Oh my gosh. And I think I watched it. No, you didn't. No, I think I did. Was this like four years? Of, yes. Yeah, I'm sure I watched it. Oh my God. Oh my God, you're the only person. I did, I was like, as I went on to it, I was like, I ain't going to kill this game. Yeah. I was like, watch out. This is my territory. This is my territory, mm-hmm. watch out. It, I did it for four years, every single week. I only got to like 60,000 subscribers or whatever. Wow. You, you have that many. When did it start to boom for you? It did not boom from day one, I'll tell you that. Did it not? No. Okay. No, it took me over a year to get 16 subscribers. <laughs> yeah, and I remember my brother, my brother, he's like about five years, seven years older than me. Yeah. And he had a singing account and he used to play singing videos and he's he'll never let me bring it up because he's so embarrassed right now. But he had 18 followers on his 18 subscribers on his singing account. I remember when I got 18 subscribers, I was like, I'm famous, I'm bigger than you. And it became this whole thing. And I was so excited about it. So I literally didn't see past that. But I'd say, yeah, that was, it was so stagnant and so nothing yeah. for the first um, couple of years. And then I started posting a couple of makeup videos. I did one, uh, which was kind of about the power of makeup. So mm-hmm. I did one half of my face where I did a full face of makeup and then the other half was like nothing. And throughout that video, it was me doing my makeup, but talking about what makeup means to me. And so that video did really, really well. Okay, what does makeup mean to you? So for me, makeup, I think, has this um, untrue connotation of it being about trying to cover up flaws or cover up things or change your appearance or things like that. And for me, and for I'm sure a lot of other people, it's about just giving us the push and confidence we need to be our best selves I know that when I don't wear makeup I I feel a bit less confident and that's not in the sense of because I don't feel comfortable in myself it's more just it gives me a pep in my step it just makes me feel better about myself Mm. and enhances who I am as a person and I I don't I can't hide my eye I don't hide anything to do with my flaws it's not about that it's about expression it's about almost therapy you know when I'm doing my makeup I can zone out Mm. so for me it was about redefining I think that's also why I do makeup videos for me it's about redefining what makeup is for people it's not about covering up and okay for some people maybe but for me and I'm sure a lot of people it's really about just confidence um you know giving you more confidence in who you are as a person and being Mm. able to take on your day and expression and therapy you know well done Thanks. That's no, I, I totally agree with you. And yeah. I think whatever makes you as an individual feel more confident, do it. Yeah, totally. Go for it. Totally. Right? And that's what I tried, I think, with my whole channel is and social media is I'm trying to redefine things that feel very surface level initially. I think by also someone that doesn't really get makeup. So I'm sure like a, a lot of guys that see me on social media, I get a lot of comments that are like, oh, it's not done anything. Well, yeah, no, because I'm not trying to make it do anything. I'm trying to actually just <laughs> express myself and zone out for a bit and have some fun and play with makeup. That's all the, it, there is to it, you know? I completely, I totally agree with you. You, you, um, you won an Emmy. I did. <laughs> You've won a BAFTA. I yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, you, it was for your amazing documentary, which is My Life Born to Vlog. Yes. Right? Mm. 
How did that come about? How did that happen? What was it like doing it? They f so BBC found me from my YouTube channel. Really? Yeah. So that's how that came about. Is I was found um, CBBC, a producer from CBBC, found me on YouTube mm. and wanted to do a documentary about my life, basically. So the whole my life kind of series was each episode was about a different person and different child, and it was on CBBC. And um, I had some talks with like a production company and essentially um, Lorna, who also did Nikki Lily Meets and did all of my things with me in the mm. same production company, followed me in my life with a camera for just her and her camera for about a year. And it's so mad because these things, wow. you always film so much more stuff that then gets put in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, crazy. yeah. Um, but followed me for about a year through me being on Bake Off and me going um, to America for surgery because for five years I had to go to America every six to eight weeks for medical treatment. So followed Is that expensive? Me through that, yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah. It's crazy amounts of money, like five digits. Are you serious? Yeah. Just, just quickly, sorry to tangent on that. I didn't even think of that. Mm. That is so naive of me. I it's didn't even crazy. think. I was just assuming that it's NHS, that it was this, that it was well, that. Some, well, I'm some, sure it is, but yeah. not the not some. No, so some are like as in like the ones I've had over here, and I haven't gone to America since 2017. Um, but from 2013 to 2017, yeah. Basically, I had nine operations here from twenty third, uh, like two thousand and ten to twenty thirteen, and then essentially every doctor in the UK that we went to was like, "Nothing else we can do. We don't have enough expertise." Oh like, we washed their hands of me basically in a way. Just didn't have the expertise to do anything, and I was still having bleeds, and nothing had changed. So we had to look elsewhere, and so that's when um, we found a doctor in America who predominantly just did treatment on AVMs and was so, so skilled at it. That's, you know, that was their job. They did that day in, day out, but it was operating in a different way. And obviously in America, it's kind of a lot more like extreme with their approaches. It's more, I guess, proactive than reactive. Whereas say here, it's a bit more like when you have problems, we'll then fix them rather than let's not wait till the problems happen, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, every six to eight weeks, I'd go over there, have a surgery. It's madness. But can, can I? Can, it's crazy. That's crazy because so I mean I, I I'm sure you you're probably hesitant to say what it costs and I yeah. can imagine because you don't really want to talk about that. But do you even think the financial stress? Yeah. Can 100%. you? Is it is it north of six figures? Um. Or less. No, than... it's south of six figures. But when you add in the other costs, as in like uh, your pills after, so I'd often be on uh, antibiotics, pain strong painkillers. Um, something for my stomach because of the antibiotics that would aggravate my stomach and some other things at the time. Like I was on a special type of iron tablet at the time and just loads of other things that all of those make push it up a lot. And then also every day you stay in hospital, it's money. To even get visited by your doctor after an operation, you're paying for it. Oh my God. An ambulance in America is like four figures. I didn't even think about that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So the, this camera follows you for life. You're going to America to have operations. You're doing, you're, you're doing Junior Baker, which you won. I did. <laughs> Hala. mental because I think it was my first, I did that when I was 12. I just turned 12 and it was the last year I could do it. And I'd always wanted to go on Bake Off, but never thought I was good enough ever. I'd always had self-doubt with just, you know, in me. And so my auntie was like, this is the last year you can apply because you had to have just turned 12 and that was mm. the oldest you could be. So I just was like, screw it. I'm just going to send in an application. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Ended up getting through to all of the rounds before, you know, you go on the show. Mm. And then every episode of the show I got through and round of the show I got through, I was like, what is happening? Even if I did well, I was like so sure I was going out. You know, I was just yeah, like, yeah. this is not it. I'm even, you know, this first episode yeah. in, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to pack my stuff and go home. You know, so when I actually won, I think for me, that was actually... It's on par with my BAFTA and my Emmy because it was like I'd been diagnosed with my condition and I'd won Bake Off despite all of the things I'd gone through. And it wasn't about my condition. It was about me just and my love of baking and trying my best. And mm. yeah, in spite of everything. So I put that some basically on par with my Emmy and my BAFTA. With the Emmy, the Emmy is absolutely The Emmy is The bad. Emmy is unreal. Yeah. yeah, it's huge as well. Is it, is it heavy? So heavy. Oh my gosh. When they, because the Emmy was, yeah, for Born to Vlog. And when we went, they called out, um, they called us out and I've still got the card, you know, where it says like yeah. um, who the winner is. And when they handed it to me, I literally went, <laughs> because it is so heavy. I was so I was this close to dropping it. Where is it? Where oh was it? Gosh. Where was it in It was held in Cannes because what it was like it? the children's Emmys for wow. children's shows, but it's like the same thing as Yeah, of course it is, yeah. yeah. Men mental. It's actually insane. We when we first got it, because you only get one Emmy, it's not like the production company gets Yeah, I know, it's yeah. annoying. It's so it, annoying. This one. Who's gonna take it? No, literally, it's that awkward thing. So we for the first couple of years we'd rotate it. So every like six months it would be like, okay, Lorna gets it, he filmed and edited it, then the production company gets it, then we get it. So we just kind of rotate it. So yeah. we've got it now, but yeah, that was a little while where it's like we, we we're all babysitting the Emmy basically. And yeah. you've also not only so you've got you you've now written a book as well. I have, yeah. And what was that process like? The process was crazy. It was a bit of a whirlwind. I think the writing part was actually really really quick. It was kind of um, from start to end about like two years. It got pushed. Did this back sort of got... narrative just come out of? Yeah, you, like... yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think. Initially, I always knew I wanted to do a book and tell my story, but I also wanted it to 
give something to the reader. I didn't want it to just be like autobiographical. It's just all about me and you're reading my life story. I wanted to not give something back, but like leave the reader feeling something or like feeling like they're better off for it, whether it was advice or, you know, mementos or things like that. They picked out of it and took along with them after reading the book, especially it was kind of aimed at young people navigating teenagers and mm. things like that. So I spoke a lot about my experiences at school and my struggles with those in secondary school and um, just, you know, what it's like to be a teenager and the highs and the lows of that. But it was also about what it's like to be a teenager with a medical condition. Um, but at the end of every chapter, I'd do a challenge for the reader. So it would be something that I've struggled with and getting out of your comfort zone and doing something that's yeah, different. Um, but it was crazy. I th I thrive in experiences where it's like, it's a project and it takes a while. That's why I love TV is because it's the long game. Yeah. I love things that are the long game where it's just an idea and you just see that come into fruition. Mm. And that's where I miss it a lot over... And enjoy it a lot more over social media because social media is so instantaneous. Yeah, it's so quick, right? Totally. Everything's just, yeah, post it now, post it now, edit it as quick as possible, be current. But what I loved about my book is it was a real kind of labor of love where I got to take a lot of time on, yeah. um, not just, you know, the amount of times I proofread it, you don't even want to know, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. about like maybe 20 times yeah, reading my book. Back to front. Yeah, literally, yeah, I'm yeah, such yeah, a perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. Um, even I, there was times where I can't draw to save my life. I was sketching out designs to have in my book. And I was like, can you do something like this? And it was them trying to work out what I'm Yeah, but I love that you're doing it, though. You're so involved with it. That's oh, great. Oh, 100%. I would never put my name on something unless I was like, this feels right and aligns with me. Well done, yeah. I've never been like that. And that actually, I think, is what's been the... I think it's also with me having more mental maturity than someone that just has become instantly like you know, known on like TikTok or something like that. I started on YouTube and it was the long game. It's, a, it's growth, yeah. right? It, I, I can't agree with you more. In terms mm. of building a brand, totally. you have to have that long growth. Yeah. And that instantaneous um, fame is not sustainable. No. It, and it disappears and then you no. don't know how to make choices or whatever That's it, it is. they don't learn. Sure. That's it. And I think that's what helped me is I, because I didn't have anything coming my way for a long time and I was okay with that, but it allowed me to watch from the outside other people doing things making some mistakes, learning from them, but also seeing what worked, what didn't, and just allowed me to have a lot of time and reflection on what maybe I wanted to do when I was given that opportunity. Yeah. One thing, and look, you may not be comfortable to ask, and feel free not to answer, you know, teenage years is about dating and things like that. Yeah. What is the dating game like? <laughs> Come on, give it to um, me. Do you know what? I was speaking to my friends. Um, in generally, I'm, I'll get into like what it's like with me having visible difference. But I was speaking to my friend about this the other day. I hate dating apps so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate them. I missed it. I missed the dating app period. Good. Yeah, I, I did a TV show about dating. Basically, yeah, a dating yeah, app. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was basically a dating show. Basically a dating yeah, show. Yeah. But I miss the dating apps. But yeah, they they're pretty tough. I hate them. I'm not on one of them. My friend was like, "You need to join Raya." I was like, "No way. I'm not joining any dating app." I got rejected from Raya when I was younger. Oh. <laughs> There's like the most random people on Raya. Jamie, yeah. I got rejected. That's so rude. I know. Oh my God. It. But yeah, I just hate it. I feel like there's different ways that I think just the dating scene has changed. I think that we have this, we romanticize dating a lot because mm. of social media, I think, and just media in general, um, which I think has always been a thing, but it's even more in your face now. Yeah. So I think there's one thing that makes it more difficult because we always kind of have this like predisposition of like, well, my, my dating life is not like how I see it and how it should be. So I think we're always trying to live up to this and wait for this kind of romantic love this story. Disney style. Totally. So I think there's that. But then I also think 
the reason I don't like dating apps is you're going on a date with the predisposition this is going to be something romantic. And I don't like that. I want to meet someone, then be my friend, and then it naturally turns into something. I think that's the best way to that do it. That is so funny to say that. I, I have a, one of um, um, uh, my sort of top producers, a person called Jemima, who mm. I just adore. She says the same thing. It says the problem with dating apps is that this is preconception. like, we're doing this totally. together and so we forced. need to get on yeah. and it needs to happen. Yeah. It's so forced, I hate it. Yeah, um, th that's hard. So so how do you then navigate around there if you're not using dating apps? <laughs> it's so difficult. It's I, so hard. It's a minefield. Yeah, like it's so difficult. And I think the difficulty is that I haven't gone to uni. It's yeah. not like I'm constantly socialising with people my age. Mm. And I don't like nightclubs. So these are two places where maybe you'd meet someone. So I think I, sh I shut down the barriers a lot of me meeting someone. I was speaking to someone last year and it was just very... Did it go anywhere? It was, it was a lot. And I, I'm someone who I, I love, because I think I have very much, again, still very much want to feel validated, as we all do, but yeah. me to like an, an nth degree because sure. of everything that's happened. When I was younger, I, I was, I, when I was about like 14, I went out with someone for like six months. And the whole time I sabotaged it because I was like, you're only going out with me because you feel sorry for me. Oh. Yeah, so I really sabotaged it, and that they were, were like preempting no. it. Yeah, so, cool. so almost. So then I ended up breaking up with the person because I couldn't get past the. Even though they would validate me, and it was you know they did nothing wrong. Yeah. I just I didn't like like myself, and it's you know in anything whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, unless you like yourself, you can't be. In God, a it so it comes back to that thing every single totally. time, doesn't it? Yeah. So especially back then, I sabotaged it because I was like even you know in old years I'm just it's still the same thing but I've learned no one's going to waste their time getting to know you mm. unless they actually want to because life's short and they've got things to do and no one's going to do that so I've learned that now but back then I was so sure that it was you know I was again in my head about it so I sabotaged that and then yeah last year I was speaking to someone for a few months and I think that's what was the beauty of because I stayed in high school I did my A-levels I didn't mm. drop out like some people do you know in social media do their GCSEs and try and get out as soon as possible to kind of further that mm. my parents were like you need it to fall back on you're doing it so I was like okay but <laughs> actually there was some beauty in that because I there think is. I needed to be around some people my age I needed that routine you need and you need that again I got that tribe totally you really do totally. like you need it yeah yeah and it's also very easy to so I'm going on a tangent but it's very easy to like stay at home when you're in, doing social media because it's very easy to just stay and then you room. isolate yourself and then you become totally. very lonely over yeah and you literally forget how to socialise with people so I think that's also for me I till like last year didn't even have very many guy friends because I had this predisposition like even my hate comments right most of them are from guys and that's not me from like, guys yeah and that's not me, like, literally just factually. Yeah. So then in my head, I was like, okay, well, all guys must think this. So then again, it's just putting into my head that same thing of like, well, no one's ever going to like me. But I was speaking to someone last year and they really did like me, but it was almost too much. It's too it, intense. Yeah, it was, too, it was like from zero to 100. And my friends are actually like, Nikki, this is not... It's <laughs> down, you need to... Mm. It was just so much. It was like someone... At, my school and um, that's what I'm gonna say but it was it's just intense it was a lot and um it sounds I, like me back in the day oh I was gosh. so intense no it was so intense that like I'd be looking around my shoulder and they were there I was like how have you just got here it was a bit like they're really sweet but it was uh, just too much and I was just I was like god this is all I've ever wanted and it just felt like it was like what I've ever wanted this like person mm. that's just like 
not obsessed with me, but just really likes me and makes me feel validated. And I got that, but it was like to like an, a degree that I was like, okay. So I, I get it. So you're him. saying you're picky. All right. We, no, get, well, we get it now. We no, get I'm actually it. not picky. Right. I, there's certain things that are important to me. Okay. Like, what are those things? Well, it's more. Feels like a dick. So, God, yeah, <laughs> okay. So if anyone's listening. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so funny. Um, for me, I think as I'm more mature, yeah. literally looks go out the window I don't care yeah I, yeah, I, I think, really don't I think care. most people can yeah. agree with you because like okay I always say okay looks could draw you to a person but if they've not got a good personality or totally. a good person you're not going to stick around for looks mm -hmm. so for me it's always been about that's also why I like it being going from a friend to if it becomes more and more because you get to know a person before mm -hmm. that so for me you know kindness is really important and just being a genuinely good person that's the first thing and secondly I think Again, in this day and age, it's all about, like, being yourself and things like that. But I actually think that's also, again, why, why I hate dating apps. On Tinder, you're sli swiping left and right for people and how they look. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's why I would never join a dating app, because I just know it's going to be X, 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 because it is. So I just can't be bothered for that. So for me, it's just about, like, I know those people are out there that are just genuinely good people, like, good guys. Mm. But for me, it's just, like, I'm not good at putting myself in situations where I meet them because Come I on. actively just avoid those situations yeah but I think I think now's the time where you start going are you gonna it. just like lead me yeah I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna be guru. hey I'm gonna be your wingman <laughs> this is what I that's what I'm gonna do 100% Please. yeah because oh I think God. I think for anyone it's like a minefield and all these it's just but it's about actually putting yourself in those situations yeah. and just getting yourself out there a little bit yeah I feel like I go to like I, I, I'm, I'm always in a talking stage basically what happened with the boy it's the talking stage that's what it's called now isn't it yeah that's very I see, hate it I don't get it my parents are always like the what talking does? stage yeah my mum is that what the terminology yeah. is yeah it's okay. like before you become official okay. um, like boyfriend and girlfriend but then apparently there's a exclusive and I'm like what's exclusive that's different to boyfriend and girlfriend I don't get it either is it really yeah I thought exclusive is when you should I, I sound like I'm in my 30s no but like, I don't even know either someone needs to literally create a dating dictionary at this point I don't get it <laughs> like even my mum the other day was like what's exclusive I was like I wish I could tell you I, just don't, I don't even know myself I don't even know the basis. Someone said, like, I. I, I, I don't get anything. Yeah. I don't understand. I know. Um, I just, just also, I just want to mention the, the charity that you do with mm. your um, family. You said it was the Butterfly AVM charity. AVM charity. Mm. You've raised a, a close to a million quid. Yeah. That's insane. And I think I can imagine people can keep donating to it and things yeah, like definitely, that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We have um, our website where you can just obviously send in if you want to, anything. But we do a lot of fundraising. So, so many amazing people all over the world have done um, treks, walked up mountains, skydives, like such amazing things. Bake sales at schools, um, mm. fun runs, you know, uh, run like the London Marathon. So many different things for the charity, which is absolutely amazing. And the reason we called it the Butterfly Avium Charity, and I'm kind of in the process of wanting to get a butterfly tattoo, but I'm, I need to go... These are loads of tattoos. I want to get a tattoo, but my my mum's so anti it. I've got like a whole folder. I have tattoos. tattoos. It's yeah. not... I mean, honestly, you get it, and then you're like... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I want to get... I Basically, the reason we call it the Butterfly Avium Charity is because yeah. with butterflies, there's, you know, they first a caterpillar and they then turn into a beautiful butterfly and like kind of come out of their shell and things like, like that. that so for me butterflies kind of have a lot of meaning so I almost feel like that's been me in a way I like that but in terms of the charity do you, do you find it frustrating maybe or maybe you don't that you see other uh, maybe um, diagnosis or whatever getting more support than AVM and things it is like difficult I actually um, spoke about this on Rare Diseases Day I think unfortunately 
completely understandably because um, other illnesses affect more people. There's sure. going to be more research and funding from pharmaceutical companies into those. Yep. But then that, that therefore leaves behind all the other people with all the other conditions that have so much less support, so much less funding, things like that. So there definitely is frustration, I think, because pharmaceutical companies don't see it as a pressing issue. But just because it affects less people doesn't make it less pressing, you know? Totally. Yeah, so I think that's where it's really difficult. But it's like, I can't force you to put your money into something. But unfortunately, that is the, that's, that's the predisposition as well. If it's affecting less people, then it matters less, you know? Hey, honestly, I, I, I knew today was just going to be um, just a great... I feel like I just rant at people. It is the greatest. <laughs> oh, fuck. It is the greatest. I, I, we, I've done this this show loads and chatted to so many different people, and it's just amazing when you get to sit next to someone who, who's open and honest and smart and so many things, and it's just amazing. Oh. And, and I, 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 honestly, I truly admire you. Thanks. Because I remember looking back at myself when I was 18 years old, and I'm sure so many people can relate. I was, like everyone, insecure mm-hmm. and wanted to fit into places and uh, doing things that I didn't really want to do, but I was doing it because I thought that was the right thing to do. Yeah. And you're such a trailblazer to really stand out. And I, and I think that's wicked. Thank you so I truly much. think that's awesome. And I, and I admire you a huge amount. Oh, thank you. I think, yeah, like just to touch on that, I feel like sometimes a lot of people ask me, do you feel annoyed though that you have to kind of be that person to like start this change, I guess, in people with visible differences and things sure. like that. And I think for me, sometimes it can be difficult to have to be like the person that's part of kind of heading that change or being the mouthpiece for people with rare diseases or visible differences or disabilities or things like that. But I think I grew up wanting to feel seen and wanting to feel like I could relate to someone that looked like me. Barbies didn't, princesses didn't, nothing did. Celebrities, public figures, there was nothing for me to look to that I could relate to. So I just hopefully want to in some way be that for other people. And sometimes you have to like be the change you want to see in the world because it's like, as cringe as it sounds, if not you when, like if not now who. And, so. you, and you're going to be that person. Yeah. That's it. And and I know that you're, you're doing all your presenting and all your different stuff. I'm sure you, you probably have... You're inundated with things that are coming up, right? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm oh very excited. God. That another Emmy coming away. Oh, I hope so. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Nikki, I just want to say a big thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank it's you been for a, having me. Are you kidding me? Uh, you just uh, thank you for giving us the time. Go and check out all your social media channels. Go and check out your your YouTube, all the stuff that you're doing, your book, everything. And just thank you so much for coming on Private Parts. I've had the best time. If it's been right. Yeah, it's been the best. I'll be back. As an as an interviewer, how have I been? 10 out of 10. You're lying. Yeah, A for effort, A for execution. It's been amazing. <laughs> Thanks, we appreciate it. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Goodbye! Oh, that was amazing. Oh, that was so good. I loved okay? it. I loved it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.